0: chapter 1, verse 30 to 38. It'll be on the screen there. I'm mixing up the King James Version and the NIV. And then Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked, the angel, since I am a virgin? Verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost. Uh, The Pentecostals call him the Holy Ghost. Evangelicals call him the Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs) But anyway, uh, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And the power of the highest shall overshadow you, and therefore that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Mary's response, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, For it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. I, I want to talk to you about something that each and every person in this room has. I want to talk to you on the subject, um, my sacred thing. My sacred thing. and. I really believe that the result of an encounter is to have God deposit in our hearts something that's sacred. When we read this scripture, I was looking at another translations, and most of the translations of this particular verse, uh, verse 35, says that um, says the, the son that will be born to you, Mary, will be called holy. It's only the King James Version that calls uh, Jesus a holy thing. And that struck me because I heard the Lord saying that every one of us are a Mary. Every one of us are called to bring forth something that is sacred. Could you turn to the person next to you and say, "You you have purpose in this earth. You have purpose in this earth. I was praying last night for a child who was born premature. Uh, The child was due in February and the child was born in November. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about little and I put my hand on that little girl and I said, thank you, Lord, for sparing her life. You have purpose for her. You have purpose for her. But in order to bring forth the purpose of God, you and I have to be a Mary. The name Mary is a Greek name of the Hebrew name, Miriam, and it means obstinate. It means uh, you got to be resolved. You got to be persistent. You got to be determined because just like Herod tried to kill Jesus when he's a child, so is the enemy trying to destroy the holy thing that God put in your life to do before it becomes so great that it will save people in your world. You are, what you're carrying is very important. Let me keep going. This word holy thing, it's an interesting uh, Greek word. It means an awe-filled thing. It means, from my title, a sacred thing. It is, the word The word sacred means set apart for God's use. There is something in you That God put in, that's why Paul says in Philippians, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. In other words, God works something in, but in the verse before he says, work out your own salvation, meaning that God works something in you, but you have to work it out. Are you with me so far? In other words, we have to cooperate with God, with what God put in us. Now, let's keep going. Uh, This word. Holy thing. It means a uh, a thing that is reverenced. I love this because it means it means uh, this word reverence means a deep respect, something to be afraid of. What do you mean? There is there is something inside of me that God deposited that I am afraid that if I do not cooperate, God's purpose won't be accomplished. The man on the stage, bishop, pastor, whatever you want to call me. I carry something, but guess what? Each and every one of you carry something from God that's just as important as what I'm carrying. I just so happen to be on a stage. Your stage may be your job. Your stage may be your home, your neighborhood, your school class. Let's keep going. This word. Uh, holy thing, also means venerable. It means something that is going to command respect for God. There is something that I'm carrying that people are going to look at and say, only God could have done that. What are you carrying that people can look at and say, it's not by might, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, it's not by your ingenuity, it's by the Spirit of God. Many times people, you know, other pastors are like, man, you got two churches in Cambridge. And I say, only God could have pulled that off. I like this deal that me and God have and you and God have. And that is, God will work in me and all I have to do is give him the credit. Mm, let's keep going. This word, a holy thing, it means something to be fostered with tender care, something to be cherished immaculate, but this is what I want to work on, this definition. The holy thing I carry is pure from carnality, meaning it is pure from humid effort. Oh, I love this. Now, let's back up. An encounter with God, the word encounter, the basic definition of the word encounter that we're working with is face-to-face with God. Whenever you look through the scriptures that people had a face-to-face experience with God, it changed them. Now, you may say, well, I can't see God. Well, you need to understand that the word presence of God that we use, there's no Hebrew word for the word presence. Whenever you see the word presence, the the word that the Hebrew word is, is the word face. So when I come face-to-face in the presence of God, it changes me. We used to sing a song, I am changed. In the presence of a holy God, something happens when I have an encounter. Moses was never the same when he came face to face with that burning bush. Exodus chapter 33 talks about God communing with Moses face to face like a man communicates with his friend. I want more one of the one of the things I want more than and more than anything in life, and I'm trying to I'm trying to massage this in my spirit, is this that I want to be I want to be a Levite. Now what do you mean a Levite? God said to the Levites, He says, when they were going into the promised land. Everybody with me so far? When we are going to the promised land, he says, Judah you get land. Reuben, you get land. No, Ephraim, you get land. But Levi, you get me. You get me. And I've decided as I'm heading into a milestone year, my birthday next year, I, I, I said, God, what I want my pursuit to be is no longer, you know, bigger church or or. No, any of the goals that, aspirations that I had when I was a younger man. I want my goal to just be you. I want my destination to just be you. If, if I get you, I get everything. And that's why Jesus clearly said, and I'll say it a, a little later. He says in, in Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God. And what God loves and what God desires, and you get, and all the other stuff will be added. I've decided to stop pursuing things and pursue Him. Now, I want to talk to you about four people. Oh, let me get back to this human effort, uh, and I want you to keep this in your mind: a holy thing is something that is pure from carnality. And I know when we use carnal. It can be used for lust and all that. But carnal simply means human effort. I, I want something in God that is free from human effort. Let's put it this way. And this is a scripture that you would want to put down. This is um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 to 29. It basically says, God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And, and he, he, tur- he chooses things that people say, no way that God could be doing that through you. And he ends, it up with say, he ends it up saying, so that no flesh, no human effort can take the glory for what God does. So the beautiful thing about some of you, and I know, I know it doesn't feel this way. I know it doesn't feel this way, but I'm going to encourage you. I know it doesn't feel this way, but I'm encouraging you. I know it doesn't feel this way, but I'm encouraging you. What? God is allowing things to get so bad in your life that the only one who will get the credit for pulling you out is Him. Now, now clap by faith. I know it doesn't feel this way, but clap by faith. Yes, God, I know. I know. I know you're allowing it to get worse. I know you're allowing like Lazarus to die, the thing to die and to be dead and to stink. And then you're going to show up and resurrect it. Now, I want to talk about four people who God put a holy thing in. I want to talk about the Apostle Paul. Anybody with me? King David. Jesus Christ. And Jonathan Clark. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah, let me repeat those names again. The Apostle Paul, King David, Jesus Christ, and another JC, Jonathan Clark. Let's talk about the Apostle Paul and this holy thing. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 15 says this in the Passion Bible. It says, Paul says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and the purpose that Jesus wants me to discover. Verse 13, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling purpose, one compelling focus. I fasten my heart to the future. Tell somebody, forget the mistakes of the past. Learn from them, but forget them. Don't let them hinder you. Verse 14, I run straight for the heavenly goal through the anointing, the power of Jesus. Verse 15, so let us all who are fully mature have the same passion, and if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. The only reason we have these words is because a man, obviously the Apostle Paul, but another man, his name was Epaphroditus. If you can look at the map, hopefully it's up there. Epaphroditus is the only reason why we know what Paul says. Now, if you notice, Epaphroditus, he comes from Philippi. You see Philippi, that's on Asia. He travels from Asia 350 miles, and then he travels 80 miles over the sea, and then he travels another 350 miles to Rome just so that he could minister to Paul who was in prison. He got there to Rome, got sick, almost died, and Paul is so grateful to the Philippian church for sending him that he gives this letter that ended up became, end up becoming one of the books in the Bible and Epaphroditus brings this letter 780 miles back to the people of God. Now you may say, well, what's the big deal? Well, he traveled two continents to give a letter to a people that we're now enjoying 2,000 years later. Now you may say, well, how do I measure that? Let me help you out. If you were to walk from here to Detroit, Michigan, that's what Epaphroditus did to make sure that the word got back to Philippi. Walk. No email. No text messages. No Instagram. Me me and Paul taking selfies. No. No FedEx. No UPS. Walk. Well, how long did that take? On a good travel, that would take six weeks. On a bad travel, that would take three months. Ah. David, in Psalm 27, verse 4, said these words, One thing have I desired of the Lord. One thing to that I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The compelling thing, the holy thing that David was carrying is that I want, a, I want to create a place that would host the presence of God. And he gave his life to building a house for the Lord. What are you giving your life to? When you stand before God, what are you going to tell him with regards to your assignment. Paul says in the book of Philippians, he says, this one thing I do, not these eight things I dabble in. I borrow that from Professor Howard Hendricks. I just love that expression. Jesus says, again, all of these men who accomplished great things in the Bible, they were carrying a holy thing. They were carrying something that basically said, God, you put this in me, And I'm going to work it out for your honor and glory through the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't do it on my own. That's why Paul said in Philippians chapter four, verse 13. Yeah, verse 13. And again, you know, for those of you who want to come to the Bible class on Tuesday, that's what we're going to talk about. Chapter four. He says, I can do all things through who? Christ, who gives me the strength. Let's keep going. Uh, Jesus says in in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he said, I did not come to the earth to serve. I came to, I did not come to the earth to be served. I came to the earth to serve and to give my life as a ransom. Jesus Christ, again, says in in Matthew 6, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things shall be given unto you. Again, he also says in Luke chapter 11, verse 34, he says, if your eye be single, if your eye be focused, if your eye be simple, if your eye be sound, your whole body will be full of life. Now, let me talk about another spiritual person by the name of Jonathan Clark. Jonathan Clark. And you may say, well, how did he get up there? Well, first of all, it's because I asked them. But well, let's see this picture of Jonathan, the famous now Jonathan Clark. Okay. So Jonathan, some of you know, he went to Honduras on a missionary trip with his parents and the team. Him and I think the other youngest person on that team was uh, Evan Tao, And as I was listening to Jonathan and talking to him about his trip, I realized that during this trip, he had an encounter. See, not everybody's going to have an angel come to you and say you're carrying a holy thing. Not everybody's going to have a burning bush, but we all are going to have an experience where we realize that God is doing something, God is birthing something in me, and I can't shake it. I I can't say I, I can't say this was just a an experience, but this is something that is changing the trajectory of my life. Are you following me so far? Ha, have you? Are there any other people who you've had encounters? You've you've had an experience with God that just. Changed everything. Is, am I the only one here? Make sure there's others. Yeah, yeah. You. And, and if you haven't had that experience yet, you keep seeking God, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, I, I asked, you know, uh, uh, Jonathan, uh, through his mom, because uh, he, you know, he was, you know, to text me. Well, what, what, what happened that, that struck you? Uh, in fact, Jonathan, are you here? Where's, is Jonathan? He's upstairs? Okay. Uh, you gotta come down here because I gotta... I gotta... He's like, oh, man. Uh, but Jonathan does like gift cards. <laughs> ah, Isn't this cool? We got a Dunkin' Donut gift card with our logo on it. This is, I tell you, we got a cool church. You You know, I'm not going to make you stay up here. Just. (laughs) Thanks a lot, sir. (laughs) So. I was asking Jonathan, trying to get a quote from Jonathan about what. What happened in Honduras? And he said these words. And I'm going to ask you, once Once I read these words, I want you to guess, what do you think Jonathan's compelling purpose is? What do you think is the holy thing that God has birthed in this young man's life? How old is Jonathan, 14? 14, 14, 14. So this is what he says. He says, Jonathan wants to go back to Honduras. Okay, so automatically something happened because he wants to go back. Because I've been on some trips that I said, Jesus, (laughs) if it's your will, (laughs) okay, but this has struck me. He would prefer to go back without his parents. I want to go back because I enjoyed helping children. I like Helping the people in the villages. So you tell me, what's the holy thing he's carrying? This is not a deep question. Thank you. That's why you're an elder. What? A A desire to help. A desire to help. Now, as he gets older, we'll see what vehicle that God uses for him to help people, but till the day he dies, he's gonna be helping. Isn't there a gift of helps? That's why some of you you can't sit still. Some of you have the gift of helps. You always got to be helping somebody. Some say, No, sit down, relax. No, 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 because it's in you, it's your passion. Praise the Lord. And some of you have the gift of organization. Amen. You, you, you're going to go to Christmas dinner and it's not even going to be your house. And because the napkins are... <laughs> it's in you. God puts something in you. You need to work it out. I want every Sunday school student to stand right now. Every Sunday school student to stand right now before they leave. This is what struck me: what Paul said, and I want you to, those of you around, to put your hands either you no, know, you know, on their shoulder or just point your hand to them. But this is what struck me: what Paul said in Philippians chapter two, verse twelve. He says, I run with passion so that I might reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and the purpose that Jesus Christ wants me to discover. I want when these children continue to go into Sunday school and continue to be in this environment, my goal, my purpose is is to create an environment so that our children can have encounters with the Holy Spirit that will change everything. I want them to be Samuels that in the house of the Lord, they hear the voice of God for themselves. And why, why am I struck by, why, by, by what Jonathan said is that I had an encounter with God. Now, he wouldn't explain it this way, but this is where I, I had an encounter with God to help people and I don't need my parents to 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 stoke that. There's a fire in me to help people that God put there. That's what I want. I want our children to say, hey parents, you can turn back on the Lord, but I have had an encounter with God that's so real that I don't need you to drag me to church. I'm going on my own to meet my God. So I want you to pray right now just for a few moments, two minutes, and then we'll let the Sunday school teachers and Students go, but I want you to pray, God, help them to discover the purpose. Help them to discover the holy thing. Help them to discover, Lord. They don't have to be 20 and 21 in, in graduate school. They can discover the holy thing, the sacred thing, the thing that you put in there that doesn't require human effort. It is something that was planted by the Holy Spirit. Oh, Spirit of God, I pray for encounters in the Sunday school classroom. Pray for encounters. Even right now, I'm praying for encounters, Lord. Maybe through a song, through a dance, through this word that they would sense, my goodness, there's something in me that God put in me, and I need to discover what that thing is. And so Holy Spirit, open their hearts that they might hear what they're being taught. Anoint our teachers to reveal the word in such a way, to reveal the word in such a way That it brings clarity, and that it is, it is, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So that years from now, these Sunday school kids will say, like I used to, like I say regularly about Mother uh, Watson, if it wasn't for my Sunday school teacher, I wouldn't be here. So bless them in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, you may go. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just worship right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship the Lord. 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 Lord. Thank Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, encounters with your presence. Encounters with your presence. Encounters with your presence. Mm -hmm. I ask permission to do this and. um, because I, I, you need to understand that the water level in this church is rising for multiple encounters. We are getting visitations from the Lord that is amazing. Last Sunday at the second service, God moved in such a powerful way. Eight people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. I mean, it was the Holy Spirit moved in a powerful way. But one of those individuals who gave their heart to the Lord was a first-time guest. His name is Jack. My man, Jack. Here you go, Jack. I, this is my first-time guest card. You want see it. Now Jack is special to me because he filled out a you no, know, gave his life to the Lord and filled out this card and uh, I'll give it later but Jack Jack uh, is Zerile's friend and Zerile's like you need to come to my church you need to come to my church uh, knowing that Jack was going to have an encounter so Jack drove all the way from Plainsboro, New Jersey. Had such an encounter last week that he drove up again this Sunday from New Jersey. See, when you have an encounter... Not only do you want more, but there is no price that you won't pay to get more of Jesus. And it brings conviction to me sometimes because I say, Lord, I have a twenty-minute drive from Arlington, and you have people who will drive. I don't, I don't, I'm not. I'm not even asking how long it took you because maybe you might have broken some laws to get here only kidding <laughs> but the point is is that there's something here in the waters in the spiritual waters that if we keep going for God I'm looking for the day when people will be instantly here with nobody laying hands on them I'm looking for the day that during our worship people will just come to the altar saying I want to give my life to Jesus who spoke to you I don't know I, I heard someone speak to my heart. I think it was God, but I'm here. Oh, that's what it's all about. I've been doing a study on the book. It's called Growing, Growing Young, and it's a study by, uh, done by Fuller Theological Seminary on why millennials don't come to church. And one of the things that really got me angry, and I said, this, God, if I, please help me, that will never happen to this church. I so said, one of the number One of the top reasons why millennials don't go to church is because when they go to church, they don't find God at church. Let this be a place, Lord. Let's be a place that when people come in, they'll find the presence of God. Hallelujah Jesus.